Hey guys, welcome into another YouTube Live, our brand new show here on the Wolverine YouTube channel. Every week, going to talk for close to an hour about Michigan recruiting. Looking forward to interacting with you guys as always. Sign up for the Wolverine.com right now, $1 for one year. And like that bubble says, drop a like. Let's get this video to 500 likes if you haven't subscribed to the Wolverine. Like I said, you can do that $1 one year. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, that is completely free. We're putting up brand new video updates every day, uh, whether it's team stuff, recruiting stuff, uh, basketball stuff. We got it all on the Wolverine YouTube, YouTube channel. Uh, tell your friends to sign up to uh, definitely helps us helps me get on the road as well helps pay for some of our travel. So definitely be appreciated if you signed up for our um, our Wolverine YouTube page. Uh, like Eddie Brown says, go blue. Let's dive into the recruiting news. Let's start off with um week one visits uh, michigan had its season opener against colorado state obviously a blowout the team looked great in front of a handful of visitors you know these early games aren't really marquee matchups you know last year you had michigan's marquee matchup against washington which was a great atmosphere night game in the big house this year, there isn't really that. You open up with Colorado State, and then you have Hawaii, and then you have UConn, Maryland. So a little bit of a dull September. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're happy football is back in the big house. But you don't have that big non-conference game where you load up the recruits. So I think Michigan's approach has uh, not necessarily changed. They really actually like doing this. Um, but it, you're not going to have one of those Washington games. But what I mean is you're going to have small groups. Michigan likes having small groups. They like to personalize uh, recruiting visits, especially official visits. So, you know, Michigan does have the barbecue at the big house and other events like that in the off season. But for the most part, under Jim Harbaugh, at least during my time on the Michigan beat, uh, has really prioritized intimate visits as opposed to bigger visits. And so this weekend was a, a smaller one. You had the in-state commits in. Um, you had the in-state commits in this past weekend. So you had Amir Herring, uh, Cole Cabana, Adam Samaha, uh, and Samaj Morgan, of course. Those guys are kind of the nucleus to this class. Uh, they've really bonded well. Obviously, they're the local kids. They have a lot of pride in the University of Michigan. But I think all are going to be really good football players at Michigan. Obviously, with Cole Cabana, he's off to a monster start to his senior campaign. He's put, been putting up some ridiculous numbers. I believe he had four total touchdowns this past week. And his season opener, I think he had close to 300 total yards. So I think Cole Cabana, is a guy that you can put in multiple spots. He has that, you know, 10, 5, 100 meter speed. So you can put him in the slot. You can even line him up wide. Obviously, you can put him in the backfield. You can use him in the return game. Uh, Amir Herring is about as safe as you can get from an interior offensive line take. I mean, he was one of the top performers at Under Armour's Future 50 event uh, this summer. Uh, Samaj Morgan, just a, a straight up dog, man. I mean, he doesn't have the, the measurables you look for when you're looking at NFL potential, but he's a guy that's going to be extremely productive at the next level. And then of course, Adam Samaha, uh, one of the nation's best kickers aside from, you know, the handful of commits, uh, there were a few targets on campus. I think one that Michigan's really, 
uh, making an impression on is uh, another in-state recruit, and that's Jalen Todd, uh, fast riser in the 2024 class, defensive back out of Southfield, AT&T. Uh, really high on Michigan, had a lot of positive things to say coming out of the visit. And another 2024 defensive back, Jacob Odin, a legacy recruit. I think Michigan is very high on his list early. But again, really more of a small group. But that brings us to this weekend, which is another small group, but has some bigger names for sure. And we'll go ahead and head over to our first question because this ties in to the uh, to the big visit weekend. And as always, guys, I want to interact with you guys. I want you guys to get your questions on the show. So make sure to post a comment and uh, I'll get to your questions. Let's go ahead and go over to Jeremy, who says, is it a coincidence that Jaden Davis is coming in on J.J. McCarthy's first start? Heard the families have gotten close. Um, so I I don't think Jim Arbaugh is determining his starters based on who's coming in. But I do think it's an interesting coincidence for sure. When you look at Jaden Davis, um, he's a guy that loves to sit in the pocket and sling the football around. But at the same time, uh, Jaden's also a guy that values an NFL type of system. So I, I don't think he would be put off, you know, if Cade McNamara was starting this weekend. But I do think it helps that JJ is starting just because he has a little bit more of an explosive element to him. I do think you can open it up uh, with more passes, especially against this terrible Hawaii team that got blown out by Vandy. Uh, I think you can do so much with JJ. And I think some of the things that Harbaugh and, and Matt Weiss and, and Sharon Moore can implement uh, will really open Jaden Davis's eyes. So I think it's the perfect visit weekend uh, for Jaden Davis to come in, to get to see G JJ McCarthy sling it around, to get to see the offense open up. And then, yeah, JJ is a really uh, personable kid. Everybody likes JJ McCarthy. I mean, uh, from the fans to his teammates, to even us as reporters, we loved covering JJ. He was great. Just uh, an awesome kid. Uh, someone that, you know, guys just gravitate towards and, with JJ, I think he's old enough, especially with Jaden being a 2024 recruit, um, that there isn't really going to be competition there. You know, if Jaden commits to Michigan, you know, JJ would basically be on his way out by the time uh, he would arrive on campus. So I don't think there would be any competition there. So I think JJ is definitely. Uh, going to be used as a tool in this recruitment. And JJ loves recruiting. Like he loves spending time uh, with guys on campus. He was a big recruiter for his class, obviously. And it's no coincidence that that 2021 class had such a tight bond. That's been uh, my favorite class that I've covered at the University of Michigan. So um, I, I definitely think JJ will, will help uh, in the Jaden Davis recruitment. Um, and then as far as just this weekend as a whole, Michigan's rolling out the red carpet, man. They want to close with Jaden Davis sooner rather than later. The longer this goes, the more you give programs like Georgia and Clemson um, and LSU and others that he's interested in, North Carolina, an opportunity to make an impact. I mean, this is Michigan's guy. They are going all in for him. This is his third visit since the beginning of June. They would love to close with him 
this weekend. Is that going to happen? I'm not going to give a prediction, but I do think that uh, Michigan is still in the pole position. I think they can continue to solidify themselves as um, as the outright leader in this recruitment. And I, I think this visit's definitely going to be huge. Last time he came in was for the barbecue uh, at the big house with several of his teammates. This weekend, he's only expected to be joined by one teammate, uh, Shannon Goodwin. Uh, so I think it's, again, going to be a little bit more of a personalized visit. They're going to say, hey, Jaden, you're you're our guy. Let's look at what J.J. McCarthy's doing on the field. Also look at what J.J. McCarthy's doing off the field in terms of NIL and what your earning potential can be. Look at this system. You want a pro-style system. This is what we have to offer, and we can do some different things uh, once we have elite arm talent. And, um, yeah, I think everything's there to sell to Jaden Davis this weekend, so really interested to see how the visit goes. I'm sure you guys are as well. Let's go ahead and uh, before we talk about more visitors for this weekend, let's go ahead and answer some of our questions. Um, let's go ahead and and go back to Jeremy because he kind of bounces off of that. And he said, uh, heard Dante even committed that he was going to be keeping tabs on Michigan, especially if JJ starts with Oregon getting beat down. Is that door still open or if it is, don't ask, don't tell. You know, if Dante does have some interest, and we're talking about Dante Moore, five-star quarterback out of Detroit King, who was obviously uh, high on Michigan before committing to Oregon and was Michigan's number one quarterback target before Jaden Davis, uh, Dante being at 2023. Um, look, I don't think there's much there with Dante right now. Um, I think Michigan has kind of, I wouldn't say Michigan's closed the door there or has completely moved on, but I will say that the focus is completely on Jaden Davis right now. That's the guy they want. That's the guy they want to close with. Now, if they don't close with Jaden Davis and Dante does express some interest, then maybe we can revisit that. Remember, it's been one week. I know Oregon got sandblasted and didn't look good, but at the same time, it's it's been a week. We'll see how the next month plays out. You're always going to have that week one reaction uh, from the fan base. Well, who's flipping? Who's going to you know show interest in Michigan? Like, let's just calm down. There will be recruits that that show some interest, or we will be some surprises. There always is every cycle. You saw the way Michigan closed last cycle. Will Dante be one of them? Maybe, but there's just so many factors there. I think we have to wait it out and, and see how things play out right now i wouldn't be too optimistic though um let's go ahead and stick with quarterbacks let's go with michael standiford this is more of a team question will jj be the starting quarterback for ohio state i'll leave that to our team guys chris Ballas, anthony broom and clayton safey who do a tremendous job of covering the team over at the wolverine again you can sign up one dollar one year but if i have to give a prediction see i'm a little jj biased because i covered him as a recruit and he's one of my favorite players but more on, on top of that you know i think jj with the arm talent with what he can do uh, with his legs, I, I think you can just do so much with uh, with the offense. And for me, as a San Francisco 49ers fan, even though I'm wearing a Bears hat, um, I remember the Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick debate very vividly. I would 
liken uh, this situation to that one in which Alex Smith, you know, did a lot, took uh, the 49ers to, you know, a couple of NFC championships, but, uh, and obviously Jim Harbaugh was the coach of that team. He saw what Colin Kaepernick could do. He saw the different element he could bring. And at the end of the day, you got to play the best player, the most talented player, the player that gives you the best opportunity to win. Right. And in my opinion, uh, that's JJ McCarthy, but I, I usually stick to the recruiting side. So let's go ahead and uh, move on to some recruiting questions. Um, let's go ahead and go over to Rich Whitman, who asked, are they done recruiting edges the cycle besides Nicholas Harbor, obviously, but I view him as more of an athlete because of him wanting to play offense so yeah uh nicholas harbor is not really on the edge board at this time when you um look at harbor you made the point he wants to play offense i mean he's just such an athletic freak right six foot five 225 pounds 10 to 8 100 meter a guy that wants to play for a super bowl one day and run in the olympics so lofty expectations for harbor um i think that right now harbor projects a little more as a wide receiver tight end in terms of uh, the way michigan is recruiting him i still think his biggest upside might be on the defensive side of the ball you know after getting a chance to watch him live and meeting with him on several occasions and just looking at his size looking at his speed i just think he can be a future number one overall pick as an edge but at the same time you know you you look at all the things I just mentioned, and he can't be a difference maker on the offensive side of the ball. I think he still needs to learn how to be a better route runner. I still think he, you know, needs to become a bit more of a natural pass catcher, but he's a guy that could be Kyle Pitts esque and be, you know, one of those dynamic weapons as a tight end that you can split out wide or use in the slot or use in line. He's actually a pretty good blocker he's aggressive um so i do think he can play tight end at the same time i think you can stick him out wide and just let him go run some go routes obviously he's a mismatch um on the outside just from a pure you know jump ball standpoint he's tall he's big uh he's a guy that can go up and get it and also just from a speed standpoint i mean 10 to 8 is absolutely ridiculous i mean running in a straight line he's gonna burn most corners at any level, I mean, 10 to eight, again, absolutely ridiculous time. Um, so, you know, to answer your question though, uh, right now, Michigan really likes the edge class. They have a lot of upside there. Eno Etta off to a tremendous start to his senior campaign, four sacks in two games. Has only been playing the game of football for three years. Collins Anchipong, this is only his second year playing football, uh, off to a really good senior year as well. And then you have Amerik Kumba out of France, um, who has a, a ton of upside as well and limited football experience. So if Mike Elsnan can develop these edge guys that he has on board i think the uh sky's the limit for them really when you look at uh classes nationally i don't think there's a team in the country that has an edge class that has bigger upside than the university of michigan's i mean etta atchampong uh kumba all big freak guys with limited football playing experience i mean if they reach their potential that is absolutely scary uh, let's go ahead and go to another question. This one comes from Stephen Brown. If you had to put a collective percentage on it, where would you say Hill and Peel are as far as going to Michigan? So this is uh, 
in, in regards to Michigan's top two cornerback targets, Jair Hill, an on 300 prospect, and Chris Peel, a top 100 prospect. So uh, just to answer your question straight away in terms of percentages, I think right now I would actually give Michigan a slight edge for Chris Peel. I'm cautiously optimistic there. I think Georgia has been considered the favorite for a long, long time, rightfully so. Obviously, Georgia's coming off a national championship. Wouldn't be surprised if he ends up there. But Georgia's just loaded in the secondary this cycle. I mean, they've got a handful of really highly touted prospects committed already. When you look at Michigan, they don't have any prospects committed in the secondary. Now, yes, last year's haul was great, um, but you more so had two true corners there, right? Um, it, it was Will Johnson, obviously, and then you had Miles Pollard, who was kind of that taller, longer corner. Um, Pollard might actually end up, you know, transitioning to safety as well. But then you had, you know, Keon Saab, who's more of a safety, Zeke Barry, who's more of a, a nickel type that can move around, Cody Jones, who's more of a nickel type that can move around. So I think you sell Chris Peel on, hey, you're the guy. You're not just another guy. You're the guy. You're the number one target on the corner board. Um, you know, the last year's secondary hall might look a little scary, but, you know, when you break it down like that, I think that it, it will be appealing to Peel. I think he's a good fit for the Big Ten. I think he really values what Steve Klingscale brings, not just as a relationship builder, but as a guy that can develop talent taking more underrated guys and making them NFL draft picks with Peel. He's already a highly touted guy. So uh, I know Peel's very high on Klingscale and I went out and visited him in Charlotte. Um, you know, all he could talk about in regards to Michigan was, was Clink and his relationship with him and the job he does coaching defensive backs. So I think uh, with Michigan having an official visit coming up next weekend and him already having used his, um, official visit to Georgia over the summer. I think Michigan is in a prime spot to uh, to really take advantage of that. And then with Jair Hill, I think it's it's really it's 50-50. That one's just been kind of all over the place, right? I, I love Jair Hill, uh, but his recruitment has been uh, a little tough to cover. Michigan was considered the overall leader in that recruitment really early on. And then you had uh, a bunch of things change. Remember, Michigan offered Hill last fall. Um, and then after that happened, he had his lead recruiter, Ron Bellamy, move over to the offensive side of the ball. You had Jim Harbaugh host him and his family for a visit while all the NFL rumors were running rampant. And he took the interview with the Minnesota Vikings. So, um, you know, Courtney Morgan, Michigan's former director of player personnel, was actually the guy that first evaluated Hill on Michigan's staff. Um, he's now gone and, and is at Washington. And that's actually a big reason Hill made a visit to Washington this offseason. Um, so you had all the all that happen. So I think during that time, Illinois really took advantage of that. That's the the home state school. It's not actually not too far away from his hometown. They've done a tremendous job with his mother. They've made him the number one overall priority on their board. They've hosted him for multiple visits, including for their opener. Um, you know, I know Michigan is obviously the superior school on and off the field. When Michigan's competing against Illinois on the recruiting trail, it usually doesn't end well for Illinois. Uh, but in this recruitment, I do think that Illinois is a big factor. 
Um, they, they've really done a great job of recruiting him. That entire staff has now Clint scale has done a, a good job since taking over as his primary recruiter. I think Jim Harbaugh has personally patched some things up there. Um, as well, they hosted Hill, uh, for an official visit in the summer. I got him back for an unofficial visit for the barbecue at the big house. He just told me a few days ago, he's coming back for the Michigan state game and would actually like to get to another game. Ideally you can get him in for one of these September games uh, because Hill doesn't want to take his recruitment much longer than this. He he really wants to decide in the early part of fall. Um, but I think that that one could go either way, but I think Michigan is, is doing well to get momentum back on its side. Let's Stick with the DBs. We're going to go ahead and head over to a question from Ray J. And he asks, is Toviano likely not in play anymore? So talking about JV and Toviano, top 100 cornerback out of Arlington Martin. Michigan would love to get JV and Toviano on board. And you see Toviano is listed as a safety by on three, but Michigan recruiting him as a true corner. Uh, Michigan shot at shot this summer, got him on campus for an official visit, made a big impression on him, uh, but might have shot at shot too early, right? He still has four official visits left. He plans to take those official visits. Um, I think that, you know, it's more likely that he stays somewhere south, LSU, Texas, Texas A&M. Um, are all involved in his recruitment. And then you have Oregon as kind of that dark horse school as well that's doing a lot with NIL despite their, you know, week one result. That's still something to be cognizant of. Um, so, yeah, I would say right now Toviano's unlikely. I mean, Michigan's not going to lose contact with him. They're going to continue to recruit him. They're going to continue to fight in this recruitment. Um, but I think things have been trending uh, downwards uh, over the last few weeks. I think Peel and Hill are definitely more uh, realistic. Let's go ahead and go over to uh, Theodore Frazier, who says, will the expanded 12-team playoff help Michigan in future recruiting? Um, so that's an interesting question. I don't remember the exact statistic, but I believe Michigan would have made the playoff had it been 12, uh, a good number of years in recent memory. Um, so I do think it'll help. I think Michigan will consistently be a playoff contender from here on out, whether it's, um, you know, four or 12. I, I think they're always going to be in a discussion for, for four. It looks like 12 is, is getting expedited here in a few years. So I think that, um, yeah, I think it'll help. The more you win, the more you're in the playoffs, the more kids see you, the more exposure you have. Obviously, Michigan is the winningest program of all time. They have a global brand. They produce consistent uh, NFL draft picks. So I, I definitely think more playoff appearances will help Michigan. I know it didn't necessarily do much for Michigan on the recruiting trail. Um this cycle, but that's because the off season was so chaotic. I thought Michigan had a chance to put together a top five recruiting class coming off of the playoff appearance this, uh, this past year. But when you had Jim Harbaugh with the, uh, with the NFL, and then you had both coordinators leave, and then you had some shuffling, um, uh, in regards to the assistance. And then you had a complete overall of the recruiting department. Like there were just so many moving parts. Right. So it, I don't think Michigan really took advantage of their playoff appearance. I do think that in the future, the more Michigan makes the playoffs, obviously the more they'll 
uh, benefit on the recruiting trail. Let's go to Rich Whitman. He asked, what about linebacker recruiting? Seems like slim pickings on what's left uncommitted out there. Any idea who could be targets moving forward, flip targets? Um, yeah, that's, that's one that I'm following closely. I think that's one of the more interesting storylines, uh, for the rest of fall is who will be Michigan's other linebacker commit because right now there aren't any options. Like I I couldn't even give you, you could give a guess and I could give a guess and it would be, you know, just as likely just because there aren't really, uh, any guys that Michigan's pushing for right now. What I can tell you, um, you know, coming out of Ann Arbor, is that Michigan's going to reevaluate some guys and evaluate some new guys. They're going to spend a lot of time in the film room over the next week or two looking at senior film. And if you remember last cycle, nobody knew who Jimmy Rolder was, right? Like Jimmy Rolder came out of nowhere and ascended as a top 100 prospect on on three. And so they're looking for that type of guy, guys that show out on their senior films that can have a similar Jimmy Rolder type of ascension. Now you're not always going to find a Jimmy Rolder every cycle, obviously, but I think Michigan is going to do its best to mine what's out there and try to find a late riser to pair with Samaj Bridgman. The good news is I think Samaj Bridgman is completely locked in. I saw him in Pennsylvania um, a couple of weeks ago and he had some great things to say about Michigan. He has a great relationship with, um, Jesse Minter and George Hilo. So I don't think he's going in there uh, anywhere. I think that he's locked in. So I think you need to find one more guy who that guy's going to be. I think it's going to depend on the film they watch this uh, over the next couple of weeks. And I think you'll see some new offers go out both at linebacker and along the defensive line as well. That's another position they're going to really evaluate film and look at and, and maybe explore some new targets there. So uh, right now, not nobody I can really give you. I think uh, the staff's going to, again, spend time in the film room and we'll see where it goes um let's go ahead and go over to theodore fraser he says since missing out on dante and cj Carr, does that help us with recruiting Jaden davis since we're not recruiting any other quarterback in 2023 yeah that's that's kind of the whole point right is they want to tell Jaden davis hey all our eggs are in the Jaden Davis baskets and to what it was like with Dante Moore. Obviously that did not work out in Michigan's favor, but I do think that with Jaden Davis, it, it can definitely have a different result. Again, they are all in on Jaden Davis, you know, whether there's been whispers about Dante Moore or not. It doesn't really matter. Their focus is on Jaden Davis. They love this kid. They love his mentality. They love the fit. They Love his arm talent. I mean, he is the guy that Jim Harbaugh and Matt Weiss really want at the position. So, yeah, I do think it helps. I think you can tell Jaden Davis, you're the focal point. You're the focus. We've brought you in three times now. Uh, you're the guy we want. There's no other guy we're really targeting. Now, Michigan has extended some other offers in 2024. There are guys out there Um that Michigan has recruited like Michael Van Buren at St. Francis, who I've been extremely high on or Michael Hawkins out of Allen, Texas, uh, Elijah Brown out of modern day. But at the end of the day, Jaden Davis is the guy. They're not really talking a ton uh, or at all, basically to any of the 2024 targets, no targets in 2023. They are all in on Jaden Davis. And I think that is resonating with him and will resonate on his unofficial visit this week 
weekend. Let's go ahead and get to the next question. This one comes from Stephen Brown over under Cade McNamara tweets from Don Thomas this weekend. I don't really even know who uh, Don Thomas is, but I will say that there will be quite a few Cade McNamara, JJ McCarthy tweets. I'm really excited for the game. I know you guys are as well. Let's go ahead and go over to Valiant Effort. Thanks for the great content, EJ. Michigan still looking to sign 25 players in the 2023 class. You know, numbers are are always interest, an interesting topic, right? I feel like no matter what, <laughs> I've been doing this for a decade, and no matter what, the school I cover always finds a way to get close to 25 um, so I do think Michigan is likely to sign around 25. I won't say they will take a full class. You could see, you know, a, a couple numbers under that. Um, you could see Michigan make a, a more concerted effort to land highly touted prospects in 2024. You look at the uh, graphic that our great producer, Matthew Hutchinson, just pulled up. Uh, Michigan right now ranked 26 nationally, not ideal, fourth in the Big Ten, 14 uh, commits total. I could see them taking around 22 or so. It could be a smaller number than 25, uh, but it just depends who pops up. Um, you know, if some other teams struggle like last cycle, they could have a, a terrific close and take advantage of that. There could be some late senior risers. Like I said, the staff's going to be in the film room breaking things down. Um, so I, I think right now, I wouldn't say that number has to be 25. I think it's fluid. I think, you know, when you look at it position by position, right? I think they're done at quarterback. I think they're done at, at running back. Um, I think they're done at tight end. Uh, wide receiver, I think you add one more. Um, offensive line, I think you add two or three more. Let's just say three for arguments purposes. So that's four. Defensive line, I know you want two more. That's six. Another linebacker, that's seven. Um, you're looking at three DBs, probably that's 10. That already gets you to 24. You know, you take away one offensive lineman, that's 23. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be around 25, uh, but we'll just see how it kind of plays out. Um, let's go ahead and go over to Steven Brown. He says, Javen Brown is projected to go to Michigan. He's a four-star linebacker out of St. Thomas um javen brown's a name that we haven't heard in a long time i know michigan offered him really early um there hasn't been too much talk about him but he is a kid that they could revisit like i said they're reevaluating and evaluating um quite a few new names so we'll see how it kind of uh plays out Rich Whitman says, probably just stag up one of Brandon Collier's linebackers. Uh, so I clicked on that comment just because um, there is a 2024 linebacker that Brandon Collier has. And if you guys don't know who Brandon Collier is, he is the guy to know in Europe. Um, he is great at mining talent over and has a great relationship with Michigan, specifically with Mike Elston. And uh, obviously, Michigan has a couple of international commits already, a Merrick Kumba, Manuel Beagle. Uh, but there is a 24 linebacker that Michigan really likes, Justin Okoronkwo out of Germany. Uh, I think that one's a Michigan-Penn State battle early on. I think you could see uh, him as a potential guy they go after, but that's obviously uh, for next cycle. Let's go ahead and um, go back to Rich Whitman. And he says, if you had to pick three current committed players who are most likely to rise in the rankings, who would they be? 
Mm, that is a good question. I would say, um, well, a lot of Michigan commits actually just got bumps on on three. Like I would say Cole Cabana, uh, just because his senior film has been great so far just through two games. Um, he already had a big rise in the rankings. I think his rankings potential is a little limited just because I don't see him as a true every down back, but I think he's such an explosive offensive weapon. You love the track times. You love the production uh, on the field. Uh, as you see here on three has him as the number 256 overall prospect in the country, which is higher than what 24 uh, seven has him at, but I, I could see him rising up uh, some more spots. Definitely uh, a guy that I really like that's already ranked high by on three, but I think could maybe even ascend into the top 100 is Evan link uh, Michigan's offensive tackle commit. I had a chance to see him on the road um, a couple of um a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, he was phenomenal. Uh, ranked as the number 125 overall prospect nationally, but in the 300s in the consensus, 301 in the consensus. So uh, he's a guy that I definitely think could rise. He checks a lot of boxes. I mean, he has an extremely high floor, but he also has some upside. He can add some weight and strength in his upper half. I think he's going to be a premier tackle, whether that's a left tackle or a right tackle. I think he's a guy that can play both um, great feet showed well against five-star athlete, Nicholas Harbor, who we talked about earlier in the show. Um, I think Evan link is, is just as good of a pass blocker. I mean, as a run blocker, as he is a pass blocker. Normally when you think about offensive tackles, you think about guys that uh, really excel at pass pro Evan link does, but he's also a guy that loves to get nasty in the trenches when run blocking, he finishes blocks. Uh, he punishes defenders a lot to love about Evan link. And then another guy that got a bump uh, for on three, but I think could rise nationally across the board, across all recruiting services is uh, Collins Anchipong. Uh, who I mentioned earlier, only one year of football experience, but a guy uh, that's playing in the Trinity League this fall, which is the toughest high school football league in the entire country. So he'll have a chance to show out against uh, top talent this fall. He's already off to a, a decent start. I think he, you know, the more he gets comfortable, the more he gets back in the swing of things, I think he has the potential to really rise up the rankings and have a great senior year. Um when you look at Anchin Pong right now, he's the number 263 overall prospect in the country. 24-7 doesn't have him uh, ranked nationally. So he's another guy that I think could rise. I think he could definitely get into the top 200. Honestly, his rankings potential is limitless. You look at the size, six foot eight, 254 pounds, bends really well for that height, has really good athleticism, a former basketball player. I think he could really go anywhere in the top 200 into the top 100, just depending on how he fares in the Trinity league this fall. Um, let's go ahead and go over to Theodore Frazier who asks EJ, I know we recruit nationally, but why haven't we recruited the state of Michigan? Well, thanks for your answers. Um, other than this cycle, Michigan's gotten the big fish, right? They got Will Johnson, who was the premier player last cycle. They got, uh, Donovan Edwards, who was the premier kid in the state before that. This cycle, they have four in-state commits, Cole Cabana, uh, Samaj Morgan, Adam Samaha, and Amir Herring, uh, with both um, Cabana and Amir being a consensus four-star prospects, Samaha being one of the top kickers in the country, and of course, uh, Samaj Morgan just being an extremely productive player. Um, look, I, I think 
the the in-state argument gets overblown quite a bit. Michigan's always going to recruit nationally. It's a national brand. They can take, they can pick and choose who they want in state in the state of Michigan. And sometimes there's going to be down years in the state of Michigan. For example, Donovan Edwards' class I thought was terrific. There was a lot of talent in the state of Michigan that cycle. Uh, when you look at uh, 2024, I don't really love the class. I don't think there are a lot of guys that you know, I wouldn't lose sleep over if Michigan lost some guys in 2024 in the, in the state of Michigan. I just don't think the town is all that amazing. Now, I'm high on some guys. I really like Jacob Odin. I think he would be a solid add. I really like Jeremiah Beasley at linebacker out of Belleville. Um, but I'm not in love, you know, with the talent in the state of Michigan in 2024. I think, you know, with guys like Steve Klingscale, who recruited the state of Michigan really well, at Kentucky and then Ron Bellamy, who is a former high school coach um, in the state of Michigan. And like I said, the guys they have committed right now, Cole Cabana, Samaha, um, Herring, Morgan, and then you add in Will Johnson and Donovan Edwards. I think the in-state presence is definitely turning around. Um, I I think that Michigan's going to do as well as they can recruiting in-state moving forward, but it's not at the top of the concern list. Michigan is always going to prioritize recruiting the best across the country. Um, they're going to work their way inside out. Obviously, I think they're going to you know, prioritize guys in the Midwest, not just the state of Michigan and work out nationally. But overall, Michigan has that uh, brand, that pool. They can land top recruits across the country, you know, no matter where they're located. I mean, the, the highest rated uh, kid in the class is think with with on three it's link and he's in dc the next highest rated kid is Enoetta, and he's down in texas so they're just going to recruit nationally it's it's michigan it's uh arguably the best program at recruiting nationally let's go ahead and go over to uh our next question this comes from richard also brooks and he says, EJ, who is the most important recruit other than Jaden Davis? Well, obviously, that's five-star athlete Nicholas Harper, who we talked about earlier, but we'll just touch on really quick again. Nothing much has changed with Nicholas since the last time we talked about him. He has his official visit coming up to Michigan uh, on the 24th of September, so the game against Maryland. Uh, he is going to take his official visit to South Carolina next weekend. That's definitely the school to watch. LSU still in play, but uh, things not looking too great down in Baton Rouge. Uh, Maryland still in play. The local school really likes their track program as well. But I think uh, this one's um, turning more into a Michigan-South Carolina battle. I know South Carolina has garnered a lot of momentum, but I think Michigan can turn the tide back in their favor on his official visit. Look, Harbor is a kid that really didn't do a ton this summer in terms of recruiting. He was so focused on track that he didn't really make a lot of official visits, right? So official visits this fall, uh, or he didn't make any official visits and he only made a couple of unofficial visits, but official visits this fall will be imperative in determining his recruitment. I think Harbor is going to take it all the way close to signing day. At least that's been his plan for a while so I'm not really too worried about uh, Nicholas Harbor right now in September. I will be more worried about Nicholas Harbor going into December. So we'll, they're, they're obviously a couple months in between now and then. So we'll see how things kind of shake out. But right now, you know, option 1A and option 1A is Nicholas Harbor and Jaden Davis. Those are the guys. 
Let's go ahead and go over to Rich Whitman, who has Braxton Myers decommitted from USC and any chance we jump in for him. So I uh, really like Braxton Myers. For those of you that don't know, on 300 defensive back recruit out of Coppell, Texas in the Dallas area. Guy that I saw a couple of times, visited Michigan last year, uh, definitely had some uh, some legit interest in the Wolverines before things kind of fell off. Um I do think he's a guy that Michigan could circle back. I, I found it intriguing when I saw the alert that he had decommitted from USC. The thing about Myers is he's extremely well coached, has great technique, son of a former uh, NFL player, been around the game a long time, great football IQ, great natural instincts, etc. But the thing that concerns me the most about Braxton Myers is speed. And when you look at Michigan cornerback recruiting this cycle, they really want speed. Uh, Chris Peel runs in the 10 sevens. Jair Hill runs in the 10 sevens. They want guys that can run. Um, Braxton Myers, I'm not sure fits that profile, but he's just a really good player. I think later in the cycle, he's definitely a guy that they could circle back with maybe even as a safety prospect as well. I just, I, I like him a lot. I mean, he's very highly touted on three as him as a four star ESPN has him as a top 150 guy, um, 24 seven has him as a top 150 guy. He actually works with the best defensive back, one of the best defensive back trainers in the country, uh, in Clay Mack down in the Dallas area. Clay Mack is known for having trained, uh, top 10 NFL draft picks, Jamal Adams and Jeffrey Okuda. Uh, so I do think that Braxton Myers is kind of next in, in that line. Like I said, just checks a lot of boxes, uh, speed being the, uh, the concern there, but I do think he's worth keeping tabs on for sure. Um, Let's go ahead and go over to uh, Michigan. Rick, good show, EJ. Michigan looks to be behind a lot of schools so far this recruiting cycle. What do you feel is the main reason? Uh, like I said, you know, just more of a little bit of a chaotic offseason with Jim Harwell's flirtations with the NFL, losing both coordinators. You know, that's something that a lot of people don't talk about, but that really plays a part in recruiting. When you lose your offensive coordinator, that's a big deal. You lose your defensive coordinator as well. That's obviously another big deal. Um, and then you had so much staff movement, not even necessarily guys leaving, but just guys moving around. You had, uh, you know, Ron Bellamy move from defense to offense. You had Jay Harbaugh move from offense to defense. You had Sharon Moore add the uh, the co-offensive coordinator tag, which gave him more on-field responsibilities. Um, you had Grant Newsom elevated to coach tight ends. So you just had a, a lot of different moving parts. Obviously, you had the addition of Mike Elston as well. And then on top of that, you added a new defensive coordinator and Jesse Minner. So a lot of uh, staff movement. Now I like the staff movement, but I don't think you'll see um, the benefits of that until next cycle. Look, if Michigan goes out there and wins the big 10 again, or as an 11 and one season, if they're around that similar area and there's no Jim Harbaugh craziness in the off season, then much like last time, like last year, I thought Michigan couldn't have a top five recruiting class. I think they can have a top five recruiting class if they avoid the offseason drama. It always seems like Michigan's its own worst enemy. So when you ask this question, why is Michigan behind some other schools uh, this cycle? <laughs> I think the reason is Michigan. Um, but I, I, I think Michigan will finish strong. They always do. They always find a way to finish top 15 under Jim Harbaugh. You saw the close last cycle. Strong season on the field. I think they'll have another uh, big close as well. Uh, the only real curveball here that we didn't have last cycle uh, was NIL. And that's really made an impact across the country. I think Michigan's kind of still figuring it out. They're not doing what 
the Texas A&Ms and the Oregons of the world are doing. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects the close. Um, let's go ahead and go over to some more questions. Let's go ahead and go to Bruce McGraw. And he asks, imagine JJ being named the presumed starter and Kate ends up transferring if Oregon has a bad season with that lower Dante Moore back. So we touched on that earlier in the show. Um, just really brief for those of you who are not in, I, I see a lot more people have joined as this live show has gone on. Um, there's been a little Dante buzz just because of what happened with Oregon, but it's been one week. Uh, you know, I think we have to wait out, wait it out and see how the, the month plays out to be completely honest. But at the end of the day, look, Michigan's fully focused on Jaden Davis. Again, he's coming in this weekend, third visit since the start of June. Jaden Davis is the guy. They want Jaden Davis more than anybody out there. They had Jaden Davis graded higher than, than CJ Carr. I don't think that losing CJ Carr really had an effect on the Michigan staff, to be honest. Now, Dante's a guy they really wanted, uh, and they would love to have Dante, but Jaden Davis, again, fits what Michigan wants. He checks a lot of boxes. He loves the game of football. He's related well to, to Matt Weiss and, and really loves their technical talks. I know that Jaden Davis has, has told me that he loves getting on the board with Matt Weiss and learning more about football. And he's just a football guy. And that's what Jim Harbaugh wants, uh, especially at the quarterback position, very similar to JJ. I think JJ had a, a bigger personality than, than Jaden had, but I think Jaden's just more of a quiet, calm, cool, collective uh, kid that just lives and breathes football. I mean, every time I talk to Jaden, I just feel like I'm getting like the same answers because he's just so hyper-focused on football. That's all he wants to talk about. So, um, yeah, I think Jaden Davis is the guy. Um, I don't think that there's anything to Dante right now. Could that change later in the cycle? It's recruiting. A lot can change later in the cycle. But as it stands right now, wouldn't be too optimistic. Keep your eyes peeled for Jaden Davis as he makes his visit this weekend. Let's go ahead and go to Cameron McKinney. Do you think Michigan can get a defensive tackle and a good linebacker? Um, like I said, you know, a, a few moments ago, for those that weren't in the show, Michigan is reevaluating uh, this week and next senior film, uh, reevaluating some old targets, evaluating some new targets. So we'll probably see some offers go out along the defensive line and at linebacker. But one guy I do want to hit on when it comes to this question is Caden McDonald. A consensus four-star defensive lineman out of Georgia, more of a true nose type, a guy that Michigan loves. There, He's been a top, top priority. They hosted him for an unofficial visit this fall. He has family in Detroit. Uh, Clemson has emerged as the perceived leader in that recruitment, but Michigan uh, made a huge impression on him on his off-season visit. And going into his official visit, he's the only official visitor coming in this weekend. So when I talked about early in the show, Michigan likes having these small, intimate visits. The focus on the offensive side of the ball is really going to be on Jaden Davis. The focus on the defensive side of the ball is really going to be on Caden McDonald. Um, like I said, Mike Elston, Mike Elston was actually at Caden's uh, practice the same day I was. And I could just tell that that Mike Elston fell in love with him at that practice. Jesse Minter, who doesn't get a lot of pub as a recruiter, 
has been a great recruiting asset quietly, especially in the state of Georgia. Uh, remember, he was the Sunbelt Recruiter of the Year uh, specifically for recruiting the state of Georgia. He has connections there. He's played a big part in the Caden McDonald recruitment. He'll play a big part on this official visit. I think Mike Elston and Jesse Minter can help turn the tide away from Clemson and towards Michigan. Uh, there's a lot to like about Caden McDonald as well. He's just a big, uh, nasty kid in the trenches, just a run stuffer, can take up multiple blockers, but it's actually pretty athletic for being, you know, 325 pounder. So uh, he's at the very top of the defensive line board. I think he is a realistic target. All right, guys, we are running low on time. If you have any more questions, make sure to get them in right now. Just a really quick rundown of uh, other visitors, like I said. Um, and yes, drop a like. Let's get this video to 500 likes. Like I said, the, the big two, Jaden Davis, Caden McDonald, those are the, the focuses on, on each side of the ball. Uh, Jaden Davis's teammate and wide receiver Channing Goodwin is coming in this weekend as well. Three-star wide receiver, uh, legacy recruit, son of former Michigan offensive lineman Jonathan Goodwin, who actually played with Ron Bellamy during his time in Ann Arbor. I think Michigan has the early edge there uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, Jake Warnera, uh, three-star 2024 offensive lineman out of Florida, is a kid they hosted for the barbecue at the Big House in late July. Um He's coming back for another visit, so he's uh, an offensive lineman that has a, a lot of interest in Michigan early on. And then you'll have the the usual suspects back, the the commits. One commit that's actually uh, coming in that's that's interesting is Mason Curtis in the 2024 class. Um, you know, he's a guy that committed to Michigan shortly after making an unofficial visit in the summer. It was a really big surprise commitment, and uh, he's coming in uh, a lot of people has have asked do you think he'll stick do you think he's going to be a guy that wavers down the line look mason curtis is really excited about his visit this weekend he fell in love with the program on and off the field not only that he has a second unofficial visit scheduled as well for the game against penn state next month um he is really highly recruited uh ranked as the number 164 overall prospect in the country uh by on three uh, really intriguing kid, six foot two, 190. I actually heard he hit a growth spurt and is closer to six foot four right now. So he's a guy that could play traditional linebacker role. He could come off the edge. Uh, really, really intriguing prospect. But Michigan's done well recruiting Nashville. I mean, Clink has great ties there. Minter has recruited there before. Uh, Michigan obviously pulled Junior Colson a couple of cycles ago from Nashville. That uh, the you know the Music City has been a focus for Michigan on the recruiting trail. So I definitely think Mason Curtis is a kid uh, that that can stick. I'm not worried about him at all early on. Let's go ahead and get out to these last uh, questions, and then we'll get out of here. As always, guys, I appreciate you for joining the show. Just a reminder, sign up for the Wolverine $1 one year for all your premium access. Um, let's go ahead and go rapid fire. I'll give shorter answers for these last few questions. Um, Otis John Jr. asked, if Jaden comes to Michigan, do you think he'll redshirt uh, with J.J. McCarthy still there? Uh, if J.J.'s still there, then, you know, probably, uh, I think, that you know redshirt would be likely in that scenario um but we'll kind of see i think that's uh hopeful thinking right now but we'll see how it plays out uh rich whitman who are some of the back defensive tackles they could target um 
if Caden McDonald doesn't go our way. Like I said, Michigan's evaluating, reevaluating guys this week. I think we'll have a clear picture um, over the next two weeks of, of guys they start making backup plans for and, and priorities as they reshuffle the board coming out of summer. Um, C. Foss says, Hart says he is focused on other factors, attitude, commitment, worth, work ethic, uh, rather than stars when he considers running backs he wants to bring to Michigan. Is this similar to the uh, other UM coaches? I think all coaches want to find the right fit, you know, for, for their schemes, for their coaching style. They want to fit, especially at a place like the University of Michigan that kind of has the sacred aura about it. You want to find guys that fit the Michigan man profile, but you also want to find talent. You know, my issue with Mike Hart has been more so he hasn't really shown a passion on the recruiting trail, but that's not to take away from him as a coach. He's a guy that can obviously coach the position group. He's a legend at the University of Michigan, and he's a great evaluator. His track record has been tremendous as an evaluator, um, and I think he has found some some good backs here with cabana and and cj stokes getting some early time as well benjamin hall could you know be another guy that outplays his rankings but i i don't have an issue with that take i think you want to find the right guys i think mike hart has his style of back that he really prefers he has the mold they're kind of in the same mold of of Mike Hart, you know, when you look at CJ Stokes, when you look at Benjamin all, and it's not, uh, Mike Hart's not a guy that was, uh, super, super highly touted either. But at the end of the day, I think when you look at things, you want to find the most talented guys that fit that there's a, you know, everybody that says stars don't matter. They do matter for Georgia. They matter for Alabama. Um, obviously they've won plenty of national championships with high stars. I think Michigan is, as good as anybody when evaluating guys and finding guys that aren't necessarily uh, the big five-star talents and turning them into big time talents, you know, Hassan Askins, Ronnie Bell, guys like that. Um, But I I do think you need to recruit the best players possible um, along with guys that you think could exceed um, expectations. I think you have to find the right balance. I think uh, with Hart, Again, I trust him as an evaluator for sure. I just like to see him show a little more uh, passion for the recruiting side of things because there's no doubt he can get it done as a coach and as an evaluator. Um, let's go ahead. And I think that was it. That was our last question. So thank you, C. Foss, for getting in that last question. As always, guys, sign up for the Wolverine right now. $1 one year. Thank you for tuning in to the Wolverine's live recruiting show. Uh, We're coming at you every Wednesday at 7 p.m. So tune in next week and we'll have a lot to talk about following Jaden Davis's unofficial visit to Michigan.